You're listening to Always Open number 110. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit first.roosterteeth.com. Welcome to another episode of Always Open. This is where I talk during the song and it fades out ever so nicely. <laughs> Serendipitous. I'm your host, Barbara Dunkelman, and I got some beautiful friends with me today, starting with... Hi, I'm Ellie Main. Ooh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andrew Rosas. Ooh. Hi, I'm Blaine Gibson. Whoa! Oh, you my God. Is Blaine. Twist. You look so like Mario. My hair's all fucked up. <laughs> I kind of was hoping you'd wear that for the whole show. <sighs> Commit. Don't Commit disappoint. to the bit. Committing to the bit. Ten hours later. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would Barrel look like blonde? Now I'm kind of wondering. Well, let me show you. <laughs> it, She's here! It, me. <laughs> Your friendly neighborhood blonde. Mariel. You did ask if you could be Mariel today. Yeah, I did. I, you I, be whoever you want. I wanted to be Mariel. You I've always wanted to be in yourself? Mariel. You can be whoever you want to be. <laughs> ever since college, ever since I met her, I wanted to be Mariel. Aww. Well, yeah. thanks for being here today, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. And fuck you, Meryl, for not being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. busy bitch. <laughs> She's out of town. She's out. But that's okay. You guys are here, and that's all that matters. Absolutely. And we're going to do a shot. This is a, a watermelon kamikaze that Texas made us. Yikes. Which I'm very excited and also scared of. See you on the other side. <laughs> it's in the afternoon. Ugh. Dangerous. Wow. Dangerous stuff. One of my highlights of the weekend was teaching Clem how to do cheers. <gasps> oh! She was just holding it like this at the at the at Ashley's baby shower. Bottle of vodka. Yeah. yeah. Real alcohol. Holding a little glass and then and Becca was like cheers and then she was so confused while everyone was coming up to her and clinking her glass and then she was like okay. She wants to do it to everyone. Uh, now. She was like cheersing yeah. everyone. It was so cute. I love that when a kid learns a new mm. thing and then does it constantly for like three months straight. Cheers. Yeah. I love it when kids learn how to fist bump, because like they never know to like, they either don't know how to punch, right. or they do it way too much. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, uh, you're four, and you just Whoa. hurt my head. Ooh, ah, my <laughs> sharp little child bones. <laughs> I got one of my worst mem- uh, injuries in recent memory when I was like, I'm, I'm Uncle Bubba, you know, with my niece and nephew. Is that what they call you? Uncle Bubba. And then uh, my nephew is Little Bubba. All right, you're going to have to take that off. <sighs> okay, thank you. Um, and, uh, I feel weird not being able to see you in the eyes when I talk to you. <laughs> it makes me untrustworthy. Uh, so, like, we're running around, and, I, you know, like, I'm carrying him all over the place. And when we're in the pool, I'm, like, throwing him and stuff like that. Well, there's at one point where I was chasing one while the other oh. one was in my arms and pretending that he was the one chasing her. And we were on tile floor, I had my socks on, and I slipped with no, him in my arms. No. And I'm like, you know, 190 pounds, I don't want to fucking pancake this kid. So like, what very few dad instincts I have kicked in, and I managed to like grab him, support him in his face, and then like catch all the impact on my knees and my shoulders, and just like, boom. He was fucking, it was like he went on a roller coaster. He, he was like, again, yeah. again, yeah. again! Yeah. <laughs> Ice packs on you. Dude, I was like, ah, ah. My, my mom was like, you okay? And I was like, you're great. Yeah, but the kid is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, put some sawdust down. The Uncle Bubba ride is closed. Do you guys remember? This was, I think, I want to say Extra Life, not this past year, but the year before when Iris was a newborn. And Michael had shown up, but he started dancing with Iris. Oh. And like, 
swinging her around, and there was like beanbag chairs that he was like jumping over. I'm just picturing projectile child vomit. <laughs> every single dad on set was like, Oh, God. Oh, okay. All powers activated. <laughs> yeah, he was like literally like jumping and falling and like swinging her all over the place. Oh my gosh. That would have uh, been uh, painful. At my sister's wedding, where everyone's coming out of the church, beautiful service, and they're lining up for like to throw confetti as my sister and her new husband come out. And my baby, my cousin's little baby, so like, my second cousin? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. She's like, maybe 18 months and she starts like tottering up this line of people like everyone's looking at me this is so great and my aunt full of english dread is like <laughs> no she's gonna ruin the photos so she starts running towards scoops up ever and runs back in line but then her ever's older brother just decides to step in front of my aunt who then goes ass over tit oh. and like, drop ever falls to the ground like a sack oh, of potatoes starts no. screaming and everyone's like oh my gosh is bridget auntie bridget okay and my dad goes up to her after she's like are you okay? are you okay and she just goes i'm so sorry <laughs> and i was like no it's okay like, you didn't ruin anything we just want to make sure you're okay but it was just so british like, so i british. ruined it i'm so sorry uh, children isn't it true that nine out of ten brits die of embarrassment yeah That's no. we, just, we cease to be we just fade like yeah. a dementor yeah yeah exactly is that way like that british people have a reputation for being so like like gavin like just rude and blunt i think that's just gavin <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if most British people I know, it's very similar to what people say about Canadians. Just everything's uh, like, I'm so sorry, oh my gosh, it's all my fault. Oh no! I definitely apologize way too much. Mm -hmm. I've realized. Like if someone bumps into you, you say sorry? Yeah. yeah. Or I've, uh, this is embarrassing, I've said sorry to inanimate objects before. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Uh, table. Sorry. <laughs> I'm an idiot. And Canadian. I'll do that. Yeah, drunk. I'll just like run to a bar. So I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm, so sorry. I'm dreadfully sorry. All right. Well, we're gonna start off with a game called hypotheticals. Um, I think. Yeah, you've played this with us before. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. This is a, a game by Chuck Cloisterman. Uh, it's hypothetical questions that have a twist to them. Okay. So they're not like your typical ones. I'm excited. So this is the first one. You work in an office performing a job that you find satisfying mm -hmm. and which compensates you adequately. Hmm. Uh, the company that employs you is suddenly purchased by an eccentric millionaire who plans to immediately raise each person's salary by 5% and extend an extra week of vacation to all full-time employees. However, this new owner intends to enforce a somewhat radical dress code. Every day, men will have to wear tuxedos, tails, and top hats. Uh, during the summer months, male employees will be allowed to wear gray three-piece suits on casual Fridays. Women must exclusively work in formal wear, preferably ball gowns or prom dresses. Each employee will be given an annual $1,500 stipend to purchase necessary garments, but the money can only be spent on work-related clothing. The new, uh, the new regime starts in three months. Do you seek employment elsewhere? Yes. Yes. I, let, right, cut to the wide. Let's... That answers the question right there. Look, look at those drumsticks. This is this is like this is my work clothes. Right. I always wear short the shortest of shorts. No way I'm wearing a three-piece suit in Texas. But you I, get a raise, you get an extra week of vacation. I'm good. You're satisfied? Here's, here's the thing. Hmm? That it even if you're in like even the money doesn't even matter if you're, if you're uncomfortable every fucking day. Yeah. I guess like, I wouldn't mind wearing a dress every day, mm -hmm. but when I think of guys having to wear the whole like tuxedo, tails, hats, like that's a lot of work, right? Yeah. It's uncomfortable after a while. 
I mean, like, yeah. right? The shoes are not great either. Oh, the patent leather shoes? Oh, fucking oh, suck. Eat a bullet. That sounds terrible today. <laughs> cool. Have you ever worn high heels? Yeah. How about them? Oh, would that I, be a part of it? Yeah, I, I, oh. I've been in drag before. I know that pain. Okay. Uh-huh. You have? Uh -huh. yeah. I'm extending. Andrew? I'm extending this pain to all involved. <laughs> the, the high heels, the patent leather shoes. It's all the whole thing. See, I'm immediately off the bat, I'm like, fuck yes, but... I think I'd have to end up spending that raise on like a storage unit to store the dresses. Right, right. Because I, I could not fit probably more than one ball gown in my, <laughs> in my closet as is. With seven satin petticoats. But just. I also do like the idea of like flicking on the light to a storage unit and there's all these like ball gowns with the like things that you put them on like with the mannequins and yeah. stuff. It's like the scene in the Matrix when all the guns come in but it's just all ball gowns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all like, crinoline. Which one will I wear cool. today? I wonder how fast. Wearing out a quinceanera store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take them all. I wonder how fast it would be before I just transitioned to just like full cartoon hobo. Like my tail's tuxedo, like the top of my tin oh. can just became a tin can. The, the yeah. fingers like, popped out. Fingerless gloves. You start talking with like a, a Cockney accent. Yeah. All right. All I'm like right. always warming. Why is Andrew warming his hands by that barrel fire out the back? <laughs> Selling things inside of your jacket. Yeah, inside of my jacket. Smoking a cigar nub on a toothpick. <laughs> like all cartoon things, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I like wearing suits, but like I wear them once. You know, like, like what, five days out of the year, maybe? If that, right. You know, like for weddings and formal events and stuff like that. And, like, those are fun times where it's like, oh, I look dapper. That's because everyone's every dressed up and it's a special occasion. Yeah. But how good do you feel at the end of that day when you take those clothes off? <laughs> Fucking just, like... Amazing. Yeah. It's the yeah. same just feeling like, that we feel every day when we take our bras off. The bra. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Restricted like, clothing. Oh. I should try that. Yeah, take your bra off sometimes. Thank you. <laughs> It'll feel real good. I was also picturing the scenario uh, you, with our current job here at Rooster Teeth, having to do the same things oh we my. always do, but in formal wear. Uh, the, th the thing we did today, <laughs> we would not have been able that. to do that in formal wear. It might be out by the time this comes out, because we're pre-recording this pretty early. Yeah? Just imagine an art car with a ball gown spilling out of each side. <laughs> Getting caught in the wheels. Yeah. It's like yeah. gumming up the works. That was With your funny. monocle, just, ooh. <laughs> I say. Well, like, I was wearing a chef's outfit That's over this, where it was just, like, a really thin, like, cotton thing, and then, like, pants. And when I took it off, my shirt, my this shirt was drenched in sweat. You had the booby Y. Yep. Oh, I get I that get, a lot. I get that every day. Wait, w. Mm. W. w. Upsetting. It's <laughs> okay. More of these. <laughs> Let's move on to our next So I think we're all in agreement that no. Mm. I, I think that's a little. I, like, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. But uh, <sighs> I feel like I would try it out. Mm -hmm. Maybe for like a month or two. Okay. And then. For the gram? <laughs> yeah. For the gram. Do it for the gram. That's not all a right. bad idea because then you get the money for the suits and then you leave. <clears throat> it's the evening before your wedding. Everything is going as planned. You are spending the afternoon with a few close friends, chatting casually about old times. Suddenly, your spouse-to-be bursts into the room, totally hysterical. Mm. Your spouse-to-be insists that he or she just has seen a vampire. When you ask what this means, he or she says, I was looking out of the window of my hotel room, and I could see into the apartment building across the street. That's when I saw the vampire. I saw a man in a black cape bite a woman's neck and drink her blood. I know this must sound crazy, but I am that certain that is what I saw is real. Your prospective and sober spouse is in a state of panic and pleads with you to believe his or her story. You could tell that this is really, really important to him or her. Knowing the fragility of the situation and the intensity of the timing, do you tell your potential spouse that you do, in fact, completely believe that he or she saw a vampire across the street? All of your old friends are watching this conversation. If, if I am this far <laughs> long enough in a relationship where I'm going to get married to this person, they have won my total trust, mm -hmm. 
I'm all for it. Vampires are real in that moment for me. Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah. be like, 100%. yes, let's investigate, but I believe you. Mm-hmm. You're not lying to me, but let's go check out. I, I have no intention of getting married, so in this hypothetical, <laughs> if I've gotten to the point where I'm about to go into wedlock, vampires are real. Mm. Noted. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I fully trust you and believe that that's what you saw. You saw, now, whether that's real vampire, some sort of like... Sex party. Kinky sex party thing. <laughs> like, sure. Whatever it is, I believe that's what you saw. Someone's big screen TV that was just pushed against the window. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody rearranging their living room and you were watching, that was a movie that was playing. Twilight, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I fully believe you. Let's investigate uh, in the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know. With garlic. With, they won't come out then, though. Wooden steaks. You gotta investigate at night. I, I think also, <laughs> did, 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 Call the police. Right. Just oh. be like, hey. You just see, saw a murder, so let's let's call that in right away, <laughs> um, and see what they have to say. But I 100% believe you. Yep. Yeah. Where do you guys stand? I would absolutely, I would uh, yeah. believe them. If they're in a state of like, I know this is insane, but I saw it, then I think yeah, you'd have to believe it until proven otherwise. I right? feel like you have to do that in a relationship already, where you're just like, sure, sweetie, mm-hmm. that's great. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy that you did that, mm-hmm. or I'm so happy that you saw that. That's crazy. <laughs> if if they're in like hysterics, I feel like, and they acknowledge like what I'm about to tell you is going to sound bananas. Mm-hmm. Then they've clearly got some self awareness of the fact that like outside of themselves, because they're concerned about your interpretation exactly of it. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of precludes like oh you are psychotic or hallucinating because they're mm-hmm. automatically like thinking about the other party. Yeah. Or, or do you do the ultimate step of unity and you say, you found us. I am a vampire. Oh. <laughs> it is all real. Give me your blood, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you're totally on their side. So yes, we'd be good boyfriends and or girlfriends. Or fiancés. Fiancés. That's in my vows. Let's have a vampire <laughs> wedding. I'm super into it. So I'm very excited about this one. This is what it's called. Stereotypical oh, yes. Jesus. I'm so here for this. <clears throat> Crack. You die from natural causes. Oh. You ascend towards a warm white light. Mm. You immediately realize you have entered the afterlife. Yeah. And, much to your surprise, it is exactly like the cliched kindergarten version of Christian heaven. Yes. The ground is covered by a white cloud-like fog. Angels fly around you and play the harp. You are wearing a comfortable white robe. Everyone there is aimlessly walking around, smiling broadly, perfectly content. Mm. This, it seems, is how you will spend eternity. Upon your arrival, you are greeted by Jesus, and he looks exactly like the stereotypical depiction of Jesus. Ewan McGregor. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to heaven, he says. I think you will like it here, and I look forward to loving you unconditionally for the duration of your time. But I also realize that heaven isn't necessarily for everyone, so I always give newcomers a chance to go to the other place, if that's what they would prefer. Are you referring to hell, you say in response? Oh no, says Jesus, not hell. Hmm? Certainly not hell. I would never send you to hell. But you could go somewhere else that isn't here. It's another viable post-life option. About 18% of our potential residents go in that direction. What is the other place like, you ask? I can't tell you, says Jesus. But if you do elect to go there, you can never come back here. And you only have 20 minutes to decide. Why only 20, you ask? Because I'm Jesus, says Jesus. What do you do? Can, can I ask him more questions, nope. or is that that's it? That's it. Yo, I'm hanging with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought that was pretty obvious for who I am, but yeah, I'm like, cool. No, I'm here. I'm You're sad. good. Yeah, I'm you good. made it. Uh, I mean, also, 
Shifty Jesus is a weird, is a weird thing for me to have yeah, to think. Yeah, the the like, first you must answer me these questions three, Jesus. I, it's a little sketchy in my book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm sticking. I think I'm sticking in. Uh, yeah, in heaven. In the good Yeah, place. in that Mario Kart level. That <laughs> Rainbow Road. Yeah, exactly. It's just clouds and everyone's. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I would probably stay there as well because you know what this is you see what it is you feel like you could handle this but what if the other place is some Just weird cool. form of torture or what, way better what if it's like well, vegas but i don't know uh, good <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's too risky. If everyone's having a real good time chilling up in, in stereotypical kindergarten heaven, then, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's worth the risk. I think, like, no matter, they're, they're going to the other place, I think, like, scratches that part of our brain that's like, what if I had done something different? It's like, yeah. you can trade it all in for what's in this box, the box, the box. Like, you, you want to know, like. Deal or no what, deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You want to know what's on, what's that other path, like, you know. Again, they said it wasn't hell. Could be purgatory. I don't know. Or I, it could be something that's like your perfect version of the world. 18% uh, go there. 18%? Could be better. You could can be go better. to an earth where Hogwarts is real. Ooh, or Pokemon. Ooh, or both! Where all of your but nerd you fantasies come. come to life. I feel like it'd be like reincarnation or something. Oh, who, who knows? Who knows what's up there? I feel like I'd try to trick Jesus into yeah. telling me. <laughs> it's not gonna work. I'm really. gonna trick the Almighty. Father, <laughs> 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 the author of time. Well, I'll have you. I think it's gotta be somewhat okay, right? Because you made it into heaven and he wouldn't right? send you to hell, he says. So it's like. He's like, no, no. God. It's got to be an okay place. Chilling out with Jesus, being loved unconditionally. Yeah. On your cloud of uh, white fog-like cloud. What? Like a good time. Yeah. With angels. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to sleep, though. He's just so bright all the time. I'm pretty sure you don't need to sleep when you're dead. Cool, oh, but I love sleep. Sleep is. <laughs> That's what the other place Sleep is, is the best part of my day. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. man. I bet the beds in heaven are great. What if it's nighttime mode? Like just like, it's heaven, but like. The text is white and everything else is dark. <laughs> it's black. You just like slide the little slide by. Yeah, that's, that's all it the, is. That's Night mode. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I probably stay. wouldn't risk. Oh, absolutely. It. I think stay. I'd probably stay. stay. Yeah. I say it's, I would. I'd probably say stay, but I don't know. It. it I, you know what? I'm switching it. I'm saying go to the other place. Oh. I'm saying go to the other place only because the forever. The, the like stereotypical like white clouds like. You're perfectly content, but like that, the 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 storybook, or I'm sorry, like the Bible school version of heaven and Jesus, like always, even as a kid, sounded so boring to me. Mm. Like if that's what it is, that sucks, man. <laughs> like that, that's like who? So in you would just crack one day. You're just like, stop smiling at me. In middle school, uh, this church that we were like affiliated with did this like heaven and hell room mm -hmm. at, at the church, and the heaven room was like soft music was playing and they brought in a bunch of couches and they gave like, they had like tea and everything was like nice. And then they had the hell room, which was like strobe lights and heavy metal music and it was really hot in there. And you're like, and I like this room. And that room was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like it completely backfired, oh, totally. All the kids are in there just like, yeah. <laughs> the boss is like, ooh, I have uh, made a huge mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah. okay. I guess we gotta be bad. Even, uh, <laughs> even I prefer that room. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, do. Uh -huh. I think we messed up, right, Terry? 
Ter Terry, he's like in there. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys? This might be like going too deep. Have you guys ever read books about people who like claim to have near-death experiences and have like experienced heaven and come back? Yeah, yeah I've, I've also read studies that have like they had studies to disprove those stories. Mm. Uh, like they did things like. Um, like to prove that out-of-body experiences weren't real, they put weird shit all over the ground. Like big red, red, red letter A, a green three, you know, like all this stuff. And they interview the person. They'd be like, what did you see in the room? And then they just named general hospital things. No. Oh, like white tile floor and stuff like that. Not knowing there was like a picture of like fucking Kenny Loggins ripping on the guitar. That is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to think about. Yeah. All right, before we move on, I would like to say thank you to Candid Co. This episode of Always Open is brought to you by Candid Co. Did you know your teeth move as you get older? And if you want to get your teeth fixed, the last thing you want to do is wear braces. That's why we're happy to tell you about Candid, the clear alternative to braces. Candid has an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state create a treatment plan for you. And Candid only uses experienced orthodontists. They even create a 3D preview of what their final results are like. Once you approve your 3D preview, Candid creates custom clear aligners that will be sent directly to you. That means no hassle of having to go into an orthodontist office, and Candid costs 65% less than braces. Holla. Uh, you can save thousands of dollars and have straighter, brighter teeth in an average of just six months. As someone who had braces for about two and a half years, this is amazing. Um, you're one step away from getting straighter, brighter teeth. Learn more about candidco.com com slash open and use the code open to get $75 off. That's candidco.com slash open, code open for $75 off. Don't wait. You can have a great confident smile using candidco and use the code open to get $75 off. Thank you, Candid. All right, we'll do one more. So you'd go. I think I'd go. I'd spend 20 minutes grilling Jesus and seeing if he'd let me know. Mm. Or like asking around. He's just sitting there like, oh, Blaine. Yeah. I knew you'd do He this. just keeps petting oh, your head. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there. Imagine your dream house, whatever that house may be. Think of all the details you would like in this home to possess, including furniture. You are suddenly given the opportunity to trade wherever you live now for this hypothetical home, and yes. your mortgage will be whatever you currently pay. The home will be in roughly the same location as your current residence. However, there is one odd caveat. This dream home is buried two miles underground. When you look out of the windows, all you see is dirt. In order to enter the residence, you will have to take an elevator that travels down the two-mile shaft at high speed. It's about a five-minute trip. The elevator is comfortable, and there is staff located above ground that provide 24-7 maintenance on the elevator. If something breaks or goes wrong with the elevator, you will be rescued immediately. Would you accept this underground dream house? One. 100%. That only got cooler as you went along. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. My dream bunker underground? Yeah, I'd have the best parties. You wouldn't annoy anyone. Oh, that's There'd true. be no noise complaints. There wouldn't. Holy shit. The ground is rumbling from two miles down. <laughs> it's and an earthquake. Think about like all the shit that goes wrong yeah. up there. You are in like the most secure you nuclear just, bombs. You're in NORAD. You're like yep. protected yeah. from everything. You just yes. dream and show those walls. My dream house is basically <laughs> the house from. Ex Machina. Mm. Oh, okay. Oscar Isaac's the place. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah it looks yeah. great. You get like daylight bulbs. You put you, you you Truman show the walls outside. You make a whole little environment. Yeah. Yeah, man. I got a weight room. If you have your dream home, you could, your dream home could include like screens on the windows that look like the outside. Because originally when I read this, recall. I was like, I would I would go crazy living underground mm. like with no sunlight and no like visible connection to the outdoors. Is there Wi-Fi? Yes. Dream, dream home. home. 
Yeah. 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 Or I, I would assume so. I assume the trappings are the same. It's a dream home. Mm -hmm. It's just the function of being two miles underground. Uh, I love mid-century window walls. I think too much to do this because mm -hmm. I like a just like one wall, one wall that's like completely outside natural yeah. light. Flat screen on the other side, and it can be wherever you want. It's true. Also, something I think would drive me insane that I just thought about is the fact that like the white noise of living in a city. Mm. I've completely like tuned. My brain has like tuned to that. Tuned to that. Alexa, e play the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> she does play some white noise sounds. Yeah, yeah play but... Play Fire of Cars. Mm. <laughs> dogs barking yeah. in the distance. <laughs> I, I feel like I would have to pipe that in. Because, like, yeah. think about being, like, oh, yeah, underground. Like, it would be offensive, essentially soundproof. It would be like a sensory chamber. Yeah, a sensory deprivation tank. That sounds, it's only sounds getting better. Awesome. Man, I'm, like, <laughs> selling it to you. I have a huge fucking weight room. <laughs> and I'm super secure from inevitable nuclear war. The only the the elevator only plays Girl from Ipanema. Oh, actually, my <laughs> elevator plays uh, the Underground Mario mission for five whole minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and anyone that like, comes <laughs> along, you're like, you have to wear this Goomba suit. I'm sorry, <laughs> put it on. Gambo. Should we do one more? Gambo. Yes. Do one more. Um, you are offered a strange job by a New York-based company. Every morning at 6 a.m., a car service will come to your home and drive you to JFK Airport, which is a 40-minute drive from your residence. You will then take an 8 a.m. business class flight to Los Angeles, arriving at roughly 11.30 a.m. You will be picked up at the airport and driven to a Burbank office, where you will hand-deliver three innocuous but unfaxable documents to the corporation's president. You will then be driven straight back to LAX, where you will immediately catch a return flight to New York. Another car will pick you up at the New York airport at 9 p.m. and return you to your home in New York City. This is what you will do every day, five days a week. Wake up in New York, fly five and a half hours to Los Angeles, and then immediately fly, f f fly five and a half hours back. You have to wear dress clothes, but your lunches can be expensed and you would have no other responsibilities while flying. The pay would be a 10% increase from what you currently earn. <laughs> <laughs> But they would need a three-year commitment. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, the pay will be $2 million. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, Would you take this job? No! <laughs> Fuck no. And even if you had said $2 million a year, I would probably <laughs> say no. That is hellish. Can yeah. you imagine? I hate that. So lonely. It's a very lonely job. You're up in the air. Like the film. You can do it. Yeah. Like the George Clooney Shit film. ton of writing. Oh. Perfect storm. Oh. You I could mean, do a lot of writing. You could do a, you could do a whole other job while you're doing that job, but uh, just I need I need social jobs. Like that would be so lonely for me and also that I mean you travel enough to know that like that airport life <laughs> she be tough. Also like I feel like you would get <laughs> 10%. Severe health problems. <laughs> you, know, you get like, oh, you'd get crazy health problems, like cabin fevery. Mm -hmm. I feel like you'd be like, I do this every day. Well, don't germs. they? Wasn't there like some study done like on flight attendants who change altitude and like time zones more than like oh, yeah. a certain time? Like, I think there was like something that like they did some research and like a lot of them have developed a certain type of cancer. My it, it, a family member of mine used to be a pilot and he has like serious radiation poisoning. Woof. Yep. From just like. Being up in that zone, yeah, air zone. You if, know. if this you was it. like, uh, 
a cargo yeah. jet of my own design, and I could like okay. pick everything that was inside of it, and it was radiation proof or some shit. Uh huh. And and I got a million or a couple million dollars, then maybe. Yeah. But if it's like I'm going on a fucking American Airlines flight to no coach. Yeah. <laughs> no, you get person. business trip, business uh, business class every trip. Oh, it's business class? Mm -hmm. I Still want no. someone to clip that laugh and just play it for like a 10 hour loop. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just have that in the show go for like, like two minutes? <laughs> there's, yeah, there's so no. So no, you guys wouldn't? No, no, 10%? No. no. Barbara, are you doing this? No. Yeah. Mm -mm. I, I, uh, is it you after that? You not have time for any free, other than the weekends, you wouldn't have any free time. Five. After your drastic, airport experience recently. Yeah. Imagine if like one of those goes wrong. That's, uh... well, that's the problem. Like every airline has delays or some type of issue that you'd I'm sure be dealing with at some point. God, even if they could guarantee, even if they could guarantee that there would be no delays and that it would be five and a half hours, five and a half hours there, five and a half hours back. That's 11 hours. That's your... 11 hours of your day. That is like you leave, like morning, yeah, night, you have like time you're, for life. you're done. You think of the like you make the such health? good friends with like airport staff people. I know. Yeah. Stop, George. Yeah. <laughs> On the you, flight again. The health implications though, like mm. my ass atrophies during those kinds of flights, where I'm just sitting there and just like I get up and I'm like walking <laughs> for the first time. Yep. Not like a down. like a baby foal. Yeah. Just born. You wouldn't want to do anything on the weekends except sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, it would just suck. That'd be crazy town. No, I'm not. I wouldn't take it. It's like hell. I heard this amazing, amazing story about a little girl on a on a flight recently, from a friend of mine. It was one of those like really teeny planes where there's only two seats on one side and one on the other. Oh, yeah. Okay. And there's a family of four right at the front, and my friend's in the one seat across from them. And this little girl, as they as the plane moves away from the gate, she's like, oh, oh, here we go. She's maybe like eight years old. Mm -hmm. And so the flight attendants are like, is she okay? Is she, you know, she scared? And her family are like, no, she she's like super into it. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so they start like oh. getting like ready to taxi and take off and stuff. She's like, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's like going down the road. She's like, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're flying. Oh, my <laughs> In your God. face, God. <laughs> her parents who have been like trying to make get her to be quiet are just like, okay, well, this is happening. That's and the she's, cutest thing ever. So cute. She's like, we're flying. We're flying. I'll have what she's having. Why would anybody <laughs> want to stop that from happening? And then her mom, like, like 10 minutes into the flight, is like, look, you can see a house. And she goes, mom, you can see everything. Oh. oh. And she's just like looking out of the window, like, my friend uh, Kelly was just like, that was, it was just the best. Just that, being like, ooh, here we go. <laughs> ooh, here we go. <laughs> We're about to take off. It was like, like the surprise lady from SNL, like, yeah. ooh, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It was so cute. To be that carefree. <laughs> to be that pure, to like take such like unfiltered joy <laughs> out of something that we just described as do as hellish. I know. Yeah. Well, I think anybody would after 11 hours True. a day. A red light! But yeah. a little kid about to go on vacation, like, where the heck? I'm going to Disney World! That is, so, like, that is such a, like, kid, like, just, like, a, a pure kid thing to be more excited by the flight yeah. than wherever you're going on vacation. It's mm -hmm. like, I was really excited to take the plane, and then we were at Disneyland, I guess, and then we got back <laughs> on the plane. Like a kid who gets something in a box, and they like the box more than the toy. And they think that everyone around them experiences the same like e e excitement that they are, just like, we're doing it, guys! Are you seeing this? Yeah. Like her brother, who's younger than her, was just like, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassed. All right, I would also like to mention that this episode of Always Open is brought to you by Postmates. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast taco at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it.
I've needed all those things, and I can guarantee you those are the exact times I also needed those from Postmates. Uh, Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores you could possibly want or need. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. Uh, I like that I could get whatever I need whenever I need it without second-guessing any of it. Uh, I never hesitate to place an order with Postmates because it's easy, fast, and just what I want. Uh, I cannot guarantee Postmates enough uh, in terms of their service and just getting exactly what you need when you need it. It's so convenient. Uh, for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners, that's you, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code ALWAYS. That's code ALWAYS for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Uh, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it, uh, Postmate it. Download the Postmates app and save with the code ALWAYS. Thank you, Postmates. So cute. All right, well, let's move on to our next segment of the show, which is a voicemail that we have from a wonderful caller. So let's give that a listen and then see how we can help. Hi, my name's Rob. I'm uh, 34, and I've been single for about a year. And before that was in a five-year relationship that was pretty serious. So coming out of that into, you know, like the age of Tinder and, and Bumble, all that was very strange to me since that wasn't as popular before I was in that relationship. And I've just had kind of a hard time, you know, figuring out how to tread that ground and not really a whole lot of success. But I also have some social anxiety and, you know, most of my friends are either married or engaged or have kids. So I don't really meet a lot of new people. I was just wondering if you guys had any advice of places or things to do that kind of get out of that grind of just being on a dating app and spending hours swiping on people and, and actually getting to meet fresh faces, whether it be a dating or friendship type scenario. Well, I don't remember leaving that voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> You're not 34, though. 29. Uh, but I will, I will be in Rob's shoes. And I am in Rob's shoes right now. So I get that. I get, I get going through. You'll be able to offer some, some good advice. How do you do it? Uh, well, I mean, like he said, I'm on most of the apps. No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually only on Hinge. Bumble and Tinder have kind of gone to shit. And those are very, like, hookup-centric apps. Hinge is like a... What's different about it? Like, you could... There's a lot more things you could do. Like, you could send people profiles. And it's you could... more of a, like, a social network. Okay. Like, you have, like... But still specifically, like, the idea is we had doing the dating thing. Yeah, you have six pictures of yourself. You can connect your Instagram if you want to. I don't, because uh, I got weird shit on my Instagram. And then you have uh, you like posted. three <laughs> questions that you can answer. And typically, the more effort and jokes you put into those, the better the results, because that's how I loop people in is like. So you get more of an indication of someone's personality. Totally. Just like, I'm trying to impress you. And it's not like, uh, I see this person, I say yes or no. It's like, I see this person, if I don't like them, then no. If I see this person, I like them. I can comment either on a picture or you know a thing, and I'll say, "Oh, hey, like, well, I one of my connections is like, oh, this is in Kyoto. I was just there in March. Uh, what did you think? Where else did you go?" And then they're like, "Oh, I fucking loved it." And then we, we had this whole conversation about Japan going mm, through. That's cool. Um, it's nice. Mm, very nice. But that's that's how I met the majority of my people, and yeah, it's just it's kind of a numbers game. You just kind of have to keep at it, and it sucks. Well, this is someone who's in a five-year relationship, five-year-long mm -hmm. relationship, so. I guess 29 to 34. Oh, no, wait, 28 to 30. 
33, and then he's been single for a year. So now he's 34. <clears throat> I feel like that's such a difficult window to navigate. Absolutely. Like, because yeah, because well, end of 20s, beginning of 30s, mm -hmm. because it is in that it is that window where people are getting engaged and having babies all the time, mm -hmm. and like you're always at weddings and baby showers. And if that's not happening for you, then it's such it can be such a downer. Like, yeah. and I, you know, I've just I just came home from my sister's wedding and, and met so many people at that wedding who were trying to meet people at the wedding to date. Like, <laughs> it becomes this whole like kind of cycle of do. anxiety. Go to wedding. Go to all the weddings you can, <laughs> and just ask the people, ask the bride and groom who your single friends are. But yeah, I, I think that <laughs> Do you take this man? Hold on a second. Um, who out there is uh, seeing somebody <laughs> just interrupt the wedding <laughs> yeah. to? Ask. Oh, you're just like on the dating up at the wedding, like you. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is your day, but mm -hmm. excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I've been in a relationship for five years, so also, I mean, weirdly, kind of like the same time like frame. I'm 34, mm -hmm. so I'm feeling you, anonymous voicemail lever. Um, <laughs> you know, Rob. 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 Oh, it wasn't anonymous. Rob. Rob. Um, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. So uh, I I can understand I understand the uh, prospect of that being very scary, um, and also like by your late twenties, early thirties, like you're if you're in like a you know a job that you're comfortable with, you're like kind of around the same people mm -hmm. all the time, and your friends are hopefully you know if you're lucky like very you know a solidified group. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be dif difficult to meet people. Um, and I, I feel like it's like cliche advice to like go to a club. Not even a club, just like get in, in, involved and interested in other stuff. Like work at a volunteer. Go to a local food bank. Mm -hmm. Volunteer your time and your energy and your effort in things outside of yourself. And not only will I think that bring you like a, a bigger fulfillment, yeah. honestly, oh. but is also a way to engage with other people who are. Selfless in that same way. I, I don't know. I just, or I might be looking to do the same thing you are. Honestly, yeah. put myself out there to find potential partners. People yeah. like Put people to meet. Give, give your you know give yourself and your time to something like outside of yourself, mm -hmm. and you know I think that's a good way to meet people. And a friend of mine is in her early thirties, and she's like annoyingly good at doing that with such like casual confidence mm. that like it's, it's like I've met up with her recently and she was like yeah I joined this like French bull society and I was like what, what? <laughs> she was like I just what? found it on me like you know that like bull that game that's like yeah, yeah. that's French game that people a lot of people play in like rural France that's like you throw colored balls and like you have to get them towards the this little white ball. Oh, yeah, the yeah. proximity is what counts. Yeah, there's like an office, an Austin society for, for that. For some reason, my head just went to French bulldogs. Oh no, bull. And mm. I was like, I want to be. It's like, club. is that like bachi? Yes, bachi. Okay, I played that in Australia and I uh, hit, I think like Alana's cousin. who's was great. <laughs> he almost broke his fucking nose. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, good times. But she's always doing like crazy stuff like that. Just finding these meetup groups, and she's like, niche groups. Yeah, really niche groups, and it, like, and her whole thing is like, if I meet someone, great. If I don't, I have this great experience and probably a really good story. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to um, do it. But you do have to have like, psych yourself up for that kind of thing. Well, he said he has like social anxiety, and I, I fucking yeah. get that. And then like also like the you know cold calling at clubs and like in just other places too is like. A really difficult time. That's something I can't put myself through. I feel like people are getting away from that more and more. Well, especially the older you get. You also run into kind of exactly what you're going to expect by going to a bar. You like you're meeting people that are just like out, like party animals, and it doesn't sound like Rob's in that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah. I think like going to a climbing gym, Andrew, mm. going to a climbing gym, tons of friends at the climbing gym. You meet yeah. awesome people out there. 
Um, and as long as the social interaction is like amicable and you're not like, you know, tearing some girl's headphones out of her ears and stuff like that. Hey, like, hey! Pay attention to me. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you can meet a lot of good people out there. Absolutely. And like, you know, uh, something like exercising uh, at a gym or like, Learning a new skill. Volunteering on a farm. What, what's different about that is that like you're there ostensibly for that thing. Mm -hmm. Like to complete a task, to work on this thing, to paint a house, to build a fence, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And like that is like what has brought you together. It's not, hey, we came together to meet people. Right, like, right. like That's what's expected at a club. And that I think is the source of a lot of that social anxiety where it's like, well, we kind of all know what this is about. Right, it's that know, added start... pressure right off the bat. Right off the bat. And mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, no, you go, you know, to climbing gym, you go, like, work, work on a farm or volunteer. There's already common ground to talk about as well. Yeah, exactly. We're here to climb. We're here to volunteer. We're here to play a game or whatever we're doing at this society, this club, this meeting, a group of people who are interested in this one thing. We already have this jumping off point. It's like a lot of people who meet at RTX. Yeah. It's exactly. Like we have this common ground already that's set, we have that foundation. Yeah. It makes things so much easier, especially if we have a social society problem. Yeah. 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 And if the conversation dies, it's not working, like, you know, it, it stalls out or whatever. Oh, right. You're chopping leaves. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm cutting leaves. <laughs> I'm hocking. Climbing I'm a wall. I'm climbing a wall. I'm cutting I'm carrots. Cool. Like, Back to it, yeah. It's, it is, it's not a big deal because you're right back in the thing you're there to do in the first place. The, also, the biggest piece of bullshit advice that I get that's actually like totally correct and not bullshit at all is like you're going to get whatever that thing is that you want when, what a when you're yes. not expecting it or not looking for it. Mm -hmm. There's something about like other human beings that they can sense when you're like on the hunt for like a, a mate. Dude, Christian life? You know immediately. If you meet a wife or a husband hunter, it is like off the bat immediate because just it's like catch that vibe. someone who's new just after service, like you're grabbing a coffee or a tuck or whatever and someone's like, hey, so what are you about? What do you do? And you're like, yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> and it's unfortunately like it, people get kind of told to do that. Like if, if you haven't found your person, just like church hop and try and meet people. And it's like, you, it's, there's the- Church hop? I uh, know it's, it's, it's honestly, it is a thing. Wife, husband hunting, church hopping, it's a whole thing. Wow. And like I very recently went to a service where they were like, you should do that. And then every, like people, everyone my age was like, don't do that, mm -mm, no. don't do it. But it's the it's Within like in that context, it's something very strange. But yeah. when you're at like a uh, yeah, if you if you're going to a society for the idea of like I'm gonna do be doing this thing, putting good out into the world, or learning something new for myself, edifying myself, and it happens to happen, that's great. Or go in there with an open heart and an open mind. Yes. But yeah, it's it's that shoot people down. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like one of those things that as soon as you're comfortable with yourself, and that's when you're comfortable enough to start seeing other people. So if, like, if you just kind of yeah. pump the brakes, Rob, and just kind of let it happen at its own natural pace and don't push it. We've also said this on a lot of episodes. I mean, I think uh, social anxiety, anxiety in general, um, is more common than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of people tend to internalize that and think like, oh, they're gonna know I'm anxious about this or I'm so anxious and no one will be able to relate to that. But you have no idea how many people do. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone has a bit of anxiety when it comes oh, yeah. to dating. Because be weird if you didn't. Maybe not everyone. No, no. Like I'm just remembering. I was at the gym. I told Chris about this, and he thought it was fucking hilarious. But like, I met a girl at the gym, and my I just wanted to go talk to her, and her headphones were off, and she seemed like open to the, you know, and like we were making eye contact. And I went up, and the first thing I said was, "Hey, sorry to bog you." Uh, and then I was just like, "Where am I going with this conversation?" Like, uh, and like we were both just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We great. are in this moment now. Social anxiety, mm. it's a real thing. Um, yeah. as, as a woman, I will say that it's, it's very endearing and kind of cute when a guy is nervous and fumbles around a little bit. Like, it's endearing. When he oh, bogs it, you. It, sh it shows that, like, 
oh, he he's interested in you and he finds you attractive maybe and like is uh, flustered by yeah. you. And that's, I think, very... I think you choose that every any time of a, hey, <laughs> you got I have everything yeah. going on. Let's hang out. Yeah. 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 Which is, uh, when someone approaches you with like, <laughs> I deserve this. Like when yeah. it's that I'm earth, a 1950s like, villain and I'm going it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's this when everything coming out of my vagina turns to dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have just like the difference between arrogance and confidence. Like mm -hmm. confidence is like the ability to like actually approach somebody and be like, hey, and like start a conversation. And if even if you're kind of fumbly, like the confidence to do that. Is because the you're showing vulnerability as Ex well. Exactly. You're also like putting yourself in a position like, you know, I, that anxiety is like tough to get through, but mm -hmm. that is, I think, the confidence of just being able to approach somebody in general. Someone in life. Someone who's just genuine but nervous to approach you is, I would so be into that rather than someone who's just like. Because you know off the bat that so. that person is courageous. Exactly. And that like they're legitimately interested in you mm -hmm. or in talking to you at least. So. But yeah, it, I think it's also an added level of stress being that age because that is when people are just like, gotta find someone who I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with because that's what society has shaped us into at this point in time mm -hmm. for marriage and babies and your like late 20s, early 30s kind of era. So <laughs> dating could be extra challenging. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think you guys all give great advice. Just like put yourself out there in different ways. I'd say like maybe avoid the club because <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily what you're looking the, for. The club. And also, like, I'm sure you have friends or coworkers who, now that they know you're single, maybe have acquaintances or friends or siblings or whoever that mm -hmm. you could be set up with. Yeah. You should inquire about that. Yeah, I feel people, like, for a long time were sort of shied away or scared of the setup, and I feel like it's kind of coming back a little bit. Yeah. My friend, the same friend, actually, my friend Kelly, just went on a few setups when it was very much like, hey, this, like, Looks like it doesn't work on paper, but I think it would totally work in real life. And you don't know those those specific experiences. Like you don't know until you go like go and have dinner with that person. No. Where it's like, hey, you are a photographer who travels the world, and this is a finance guy from New York. But I think it would work. Like if you have a common friend that that can do that for you, like or like I, double date. Well, double date. Go exactly. out all together to mm -hmm. some. Go to a movie or well, maybe not a movie because then you can't talk to each other. <laughs> go for coffee or a Sit meal. deeply into each other's eyes. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that. I, I totally get, I mean, we've had lots of conversations sharing in office about like not, um, like taking the pressure off as well of like, mm -hmm. once you kind of relax in yourself, like don't beat yourself up for having this issue at the same time. Otherwise you find yourself anxious and then also being mean to yourself mm -hmm. yeah. of like, why isn't this happening for me? And just like go with the flow, even like go through the ups and downs and be vulnerable and be real through those. I yep. think is also like super important. I, I would offer too as like a, a final thing. As a uh, father. As, I, as a father. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, sit down. Um, I just as kind of a final thing is, you know, as Blaine was saying, like that advice, like it, it comes to you when you least expect it. Sure, but if you are, if if your social anxiety is keeping you in the routine of like, I gotta work, I come home, I go to bed. I'm maybe you know, maybe on a dating app, but I'm too nervous to pull the trigger on. To a pull the trigger or on whatever, like change maybe like change your routine a little bit like put yourself like at you least know, once a week at least mm -hmm. once a week like put yourself in like a, a, a social situation that is outside of of your routine because yeah. like oh, if you've got like if you uh, never go to happy hour go one time check go it out one time. yeah just like little little steps like that i think also alleviate over time that social anxiety mm -hmm. yeah That's absolutely a really good piece of advice actually
We'll, well read Brene Brown and everything she has to say online. <laughs> I do some extra reading. She is my angel. <laughs> um, yeah, good luck to you, Rob. Hopefully it works out for you. But again, don't be discouraged. I'm sure you're a great guy. Um, and also, uh, have some you time after a five-year relationship yeah. as well. Also true. Have some fun. I feel you, Rob. That's also true. <laughs> just know what you're going through. No. <laughs> also want to mention that this episode of Always Open is brought to you by Third Love. Um, I have talked about this on tons of episodes before, but I love Third Love. Uh, it's the only bras I wear now. They're so comfortable and so easy to order. You get to customize what type of shape uh, breast you have, which makes the bra fit even better. There's tons of different colors to choose from. I personally like more skin colored ones so it doesn't show under my light shirts like this one. Uh, and they fit amazingly uh, and I have tons of different options for every different type of size you are. Uh, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind, as I mentioned. So you get a perfect fit and premium feel. They offer more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Third Love is super convenient. Find your fit in 60 seconds online, order and try it on at home. No more awkward fitting rooms. Third Love has an awesome fit finder quiz. You answer just a simple uh, couple of questions to find the perfect fit. It takes less than a minute. And Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. Uh, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And this is my favorite part. Uh, if you don't love it, you could return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. So it's basically a win-win situation. Uh, they are hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our viewers 15% off uh, their first order. So you just go to thirdlove.com always to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com always for 15% off. Thank you, Third Love. I love you. All right. <laughs> uh, so we're DM gonna, Blaine, also, apparently. <laughs> we're going to uh, move on to another question submitted by a user. This one is from Bailey F. And Bailey wants to know, are you high maintenance? Yes. Incredibly. In some ways, for sure. I have a question for you guys. What does that mean to you? Yeah. High maintenance, I feel, has, is such a broad term that people interpret in so many different ways. I, I have dietary needs. I have, like... I was kind of a nightmare on a trip to Japan because I like I had to go to the gym mm. in fucking Tokyo, Japan, like that kind of shit. Um, I'm high maintenance, I'll admit it. So for you, it means like there's a lot of you things have, you need to do to stay you. Yeah, you have a routine that you like to do. Yeah, and then also like that can be uh, have an impact on my mood sometimes, mm -hmm. where it's just like I'll get bummed out if I miss out on this thing or if I feel like I'm eating really bad. Like, uh, admittedly, I'm kind of high maintenance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty go with the flow, like socially speaking, but like if it comes to this stuff where it's like, oh, I missed this thing that sucks. I think a lot of, I think high maintenance mean, when we speak about it in general terms, it means a very specific thing for women. Yes. I love the patriarchy. It's a fact, I'm sorry everyone. Mm. Um, but for uh, like for women, it's always either like appearance-wise, like I'm a high maintenance, like I always have to have my nails and my hair and everything perfect and blah, 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 blah. And if you upset me in that way, then it's gonna be a problem. Or it's like emotional, right? Yeah. Like I'm just like so much to deal with and I have these like, you know, hysterical, all that kind of thing. Yeah, you have to almost tiptoe around them, walk on eggshells to keep them happy. Right. Yeah. And I would say that I'm high maintenance in an emotional way for, for a different reason is that I want to talk through, I want to talk about and through everything. Mm. And like 
at the point where it is like it's happening right now. Mm. I was just like, um, like <laughs> I'm hopefully might as well forgive me for saying this, but he said that when we were like talking and kind of getting into relationship, he was like, I know that being in a relationship with Ellie will be hard work because we will both be forced to grow a lot because I am very introspective and I want to be be very honest and get to the root of everything always all the time to the point where sometimes he's been like I do want to have this conversation mm -hmm. but can we just have fun tonight <laughs> and I'm like yeah no downers <laughs> <laughs> not that it's a down but it's just a lot and it's a, I mean it's like being on the surface on like being you know having your heart on your sleeve all the time is very emotionally tiring yeah. exhausting and it's though it is super important in relationships to be honest and to be open about everything that you can be there is a point where it's like maybe not the right time to do that or like you can't just be like no i need to talk this through now all the time it's 4 a.m right i have exactly. to be up in three hours i have a presentation please god yeah, exactly <laughs> i don't know if i'd call that high maintenance though but to some people it would but I, be. I guess yeah i guess it depends on what those people call i mean it's, yeah i think yeah. for other for people other people outside of that and like the reason i'm like that is having been through a um, relationship a marriage and the end of that that was not based on like vulnerability and honesty and like having those conversations yeah. that, that's why it's become such a priority to me and that at the same time that there's always balance like there has there's definitely that is so important and if like more than important it's foundational but it's, it is so tiring that you need to bake in time for mm. fun as yeah. well what I what I would uh, offer to that is I think I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't even consider that like necessarily high maintenance what what I would perhaps explore is like when Miles when Miles says can we just have fun tonight if you are if that just creates a whole like oh, yeah, no. avalanche of shit no, no, no. Well, then I wouldn't consider that. High <laughs> okay, good. Because like right. when I, I've, he I've, just that's like a check. That's like a check to me that I'm like, you're so right. I've just been like focused on this thing, and you're right. Let's just watch a movie right now. Well, that's fantastic, <laughs> and I, that's I think that's a really like healthy thing to just be like, hey, <laughs> to I'm be not... willing to compromise on both sides. On both sides, yeah. I would say that like the high maintenance side, the high maintenance emotional side of that, it, uh, or high maintenance uh, emotionally, translates to when, like. My my emotional state is almost completely dependent on my like our relation. Yeah, like how we interact is like anything could be. It's it's a minefield. Right. Like so like there is it's there's a lot of walking on eggshells. You have to think about what you're gonna say before you say it every time you speak to this person. I'm gonna change my answer. I think we have two different definitions of... Well, I, I think but I think they're both... Term, that's what I'm saying, yeah. that we I, interpret it. I think in they're both ways. correct in what you determine, I mean... I'm high maintenance like a, like a, like a fine show breed dog is. Like you gotta <laughs> take it for walks, you gotta <laughs> feed right, it. All right, It's right, the right things, and you gotta exercise it. But emotionally, you can just talk shit to it, and I'll be like... <laughs> so yeah, I think emotionally I'm... I'm Low maintenance, but like physically speaking, I don't know. Like I feel like, I mean, and I, this, don't take this the wrong way. I I'm feel not going. Like, I feel like you're a sensitive person, but like not not in, <laughs> not in a way where like if you say something, you're gonna be hurt. But more yeah. like you, like most people, will read into things a little more than people intend you to. Yeah, that's true. Like I know a lot. I know a lot of people like this, myself included. Sure. So I, I don't take it as an insult. No, I'm not. I feel like that. We were just talking about that before the show. <laughs> both, not you. What? You're like God, Blaine. <laughs> Man, you can't say anything just to it. Sweat instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see his W boob sweat? Oh my today? God, Jeez. it was a Y, but. Uh... <laughs>
All right, change my, my answer again. I am high maintenance, Emo like just universally. I will say also there are times where Miles wants to talk about things and I'm like, let's play Bioshock until our eyes bleed. So mm. like, we're both the same in that way. Again, compromise. It's yes. foils for each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, I, to me, for me personally, I would say that I'm probably low maintenance to a fault. Mm. That it like mm. comes like full circle that like it. Like you're almost too easy going when it comes to certain things? Too easy going to the point where, like I, I consider myself a very like thoughtful person and do thoughtful things and like, if you want to talk about love, love languages, like, you know. Fluent. A, 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 <laughs> Fluent. Hey. Uh, it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, giving gifts, words of affirmation, like um, all those things, but like, you know, I have a, admittedly, like I have just a garbage memory for like real, basic stuff and so it's just Thank like <laughs> i totally didn't remember we had the conversation and you know very like uh you know acquiescent and you know apologetic but just the way my brain works like i don't store kind of basic you know domestic uh, a lot of domestic yeah. information sure sure um, so in that way, I'm very for, forgetful on that side of things, but also very easygoing, but I think almost mm -hmm. perhaps maybe to a fault. To a fault where people I, need you to be less like that. Yeah. Because it, to, 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 to the point where people think like, you know, sometimes my girlfriend and I have talked about this, is like, do you even care? Mm -hmm. Do you even care about this? It's like, the truth is yes, I do care, but I like do not make a large. Like you're so laid back that it's just like, you just let things happen. I do not make a large show of whatever it is that's like going on. It takes quite a bit to get me like riled up. Riled up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 then before it reaches that point, I go shut down. Mm -hmm. I, I just like. I think you're right in that like <clears throat> high maintenance is like if you kind of break the actual term apart, it's like it is more like reactionary. Very reactionary. Yeah. Of like, how do you respond to things? And then is the way that you respond to things something that basically puts the burden on the other person? Of like, you have to now deal with me and how I'm gonna respond to this. Oh, yeah. I think that's like a better way of defining it rather than like, this is how I behave, of more just like, this is how I react. Because like, I've, I've met and been in relationships with people who cannot see the bridge between something happens and this is what I do about it. Mm -hmm. And they cannot see that there is a choice that oh. gets made. Mm. And they're like, well, yeah, I did that because you did this. And it's like, yeah, but you chose, like, there was a choice. Oh, yeah, I did that because I was upset. Yes. And it's like, yeah. yeah, but you chose to behave in this certain way. You, that is a choice that you make. And that, some, like, the world of that choice is the high maintenance part. Mm. Yeah. Of like, do you choose to take responsibility for how you behave? Do you choose to like, be self-aware in that way? Or do you choose to put that on other people? Absolutely, you said that way better than I did. <laughs> uh, like that, just the way you respond to like people's emotions. Absolutely, yeah. that's it. The best, the best way. And a lot of people yeah. will negate that there is even that gap, or that there is a choice that they've made. Yeah. What about you, Barb? Um, I don't think I am. But Trevor, you're a peacekeeper. I know. I feel like I need to ask. Like you're a nine. You're a peacekeeper. So uh, yeah, apparently we, had, we did this test that we we talked about the recently. Enneagram. Enneagram. So which it. it's like a personality test. Uh, mm. Okay. And Is it the four-letter word one? Four. I'm a three. I was a nine. Seven. seven. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Seven is... 54. Those are my football what is number. seven again? Seven is the adventurer. Adventure. You're all about new experiences, adventuring, 
and um, often like, oh my gosh, it totally makes sense. Like material things because you love your brands. Like you came in with your Juice Line cup oh. and your Hanks hat. <laughs> And you're LA. You get fiercely, because I, you think, thought I was a seven for a while because I share some traits. So you get fiercely loyal to things, in terms, especially in terms of like things that make you comfortable. So like your Hanks and your Juice Stand, like yep. you love it. He does like it. Love makes you feel brand. good. It makes you comfortable. That really makes. Sense. I should take this test. How long does it take? Twenty minutes or less. Too long. Yeah. And then I'm like totally driven by achievement. And yeah, a three is achiever. I think. Uh, the it's achiever, called. yeah. So you're like, you have very much have goals and how you're going to achieve them and well, often to the detriment of your personal relationships because you're like hyper focused on those focused and you understand other people through like in your head it sounds very negative and it can be but in your head like whether they deserve the things that they have have they do have they earned the things oh interesting yeah have they earned the right to I do that like we could do a whole they, show oh, we should, on this yeah. we should. you get christina on it because christina is like a like fluent in it. It's it's a really really interesting. Yeah, we should revisit it this season at some point because I feel like there's a lot you could go into with it. There but. is obviously it's like a, you know, none of these personality tests will ever completely describe who you are, but they're of very course. helpful guideposts. And and some of the things are broad in a way where if you do get that one, you could attribute it to yourself. Kind of like I feel like a little yeah. I was about to say a little like astronomy sometimes, but it's based on the seven deadly sins. It's a very old <laughs> idea. So you're you're a three, three. Yeah. with a what wing? To which wing? Um, four? four, which is introspection, like always thinking about how and why people do things. Yeah, so you basically you get the result and like a wing, which mm -hmm. shows like you're this, but you lean towards more on this side versus the other side. Okay. Very good. Seven, eight. I don't know what eight is. What's eight? The challenger. What do they do? Oh, like a dodge challenger? Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, kind of like, well, why does it have to be this way? Uh, who makes the rules? I will say that when I was a child, I was very preoccupied with justice mm. and fairness. <laughs> As old children are. <laughs> no, I think... Let's like cops and robbers. I'm the cop <laughs> every time. I'm the judge above the cop. <laughs> no, but just like, I I'm feel... I'm the judge's I, dad. I'm the law. I'll be the district attorney. Let's go. Uh, I am the law. And I feel like uh, just as a kid, like, I'm just like, that's not fair. Mm. Like, wanting fairness and, like, justice. Yeah, that's a lot of kids, right? I, I think that... But the, it, is that a lot of kids? I think so. Well, I'm not but, fair. Like learning that life is not like fairness and equalness of the different things is is like I think it's a road we all go along as I a think child. A lot of kids are competitive, maybe, and so like when someone's not playing again, playing with the rules and and all the stuff and cheats, you get very upset. We all have to learn that life common. isn't fair. Yeah. Um, mm. But going back to the question, <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll definitely revisit the enneagram test because I think it would be very interesting. Um, but no, I don't think I'm high maintenance. I think I'm at times high preparation. Mm. If that, like not, like, it'll take me a while to feel comfortable to be able to do something, but it's only for certain things and, and certain circumstances. On a day-to-day -day basis, I feel like most things don't get to me. Um, and like, once I get something out of my head, I'm fine. But in terms of like emotional or even like physical maintenance, I think I'm just too lazy, honestly. <laughs> I think that's the problem. I'm just lazy. Well, I'm just a big old emotional sports car. <laughs> I'm baby. I wouldn't say that. I definitely wouldn't ever think of you about of, as you being a lazy person. I would just think that you have a really good way of prioritizing what's actually important. Well, thank you. Yeah. Laziness is like putting it in a bad box, and rather than like I, am happy to let go of things that aren't that don't actually matter. Trevor has talked to me about this before, where I, I say the same thing as you, where I have terrible memory, mm. 
And he was just like, you actually don't. Like, you have a great memory for the important things. Like, yeah. remembering certain things that were said in a conversation or, like, what date this is on or the name of that person. Like, that's mm -hmm. all whatever. But, like, the important things. He's like, you always remember that. And you always say you have a bad memory, which is very negative. Of and my, I was like, don't be nice to me. <laughs> of my friend group, like, everybody at Rooster Teeth, I think you were the easiest one to fall into a friendship with because it was just kind of effortless. And I think that that's the sign of wow. someone just being like... <laughs> <laughs> We share an office, Blaine, but it was, we're, talking, it was, we're stopping the show and talking about this right now. Uh, it, was just, it was just a sign of like, oh, that's a friend that I can just kind of like chill with and it's Thanks, not a man. big deal and there's not a lot of pressure and stuff like that. So I think you are low maintenance. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I don't think... You guys I are friends my friend, Bob. as well. <laughs> Be nice. Is it that thing that Blaine does like, hey, can you do me a favor? Have a great day. I love it. <laughs> and then I don't. Oh. <laughs> and it's your fault. <laughs> I blame you. Totally. All the time. Uh, high maintenance. So, my emotions. Put that on your pillow tonight. <laughs> Try to sleep. Yeah, I would be very curious as um, anyone watching the show if you think you're high maintenance. Leave a comment in the in the YouTube or Rooster Teeth website. But don't do it like this because you can't understand it. So yep. just type it. <laughs> actual, actual typing. Ba, 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 Use ba, ba. marionette puppets to reenact <laughs> the scenario oh that you God. find yourself as high maintenance. <laughs> if someone does that, that'd be amazing. <laughs> All right, we're going to finish up with a box of issues question. This is a new box that we got. Very nice. Um, this one is from Michael M. Thank you, Michael M., for the box. He also wrote a question that we'll answer on a future show. Very nice. Ooh, look at the box. Painting ever. Oh, I didn't even see that. Hey. Cool. Okay. All right, let's read this question. All right, this is anonymous. <laughs> a few months ago, some of my girlfriend's friends, not mutual, held a party for her but did not invite me or make me aware of it. My girlfriend told me about the party and wanted me to come along. Since I wasn't invited, and I don't think her friends like me, I told her I didn't want to go. I tried to explain to her that I didn't feel welcome, but she said I was her plus one and that it was assumed I would attend. I ended up not going and she got really mad at me for it. I told her for a whole week why I didn't want to go, but did I do wrong in not going? Anonymous. Trixie. Yeah, probably. A Trixie business. <clears throat> I would say yes. Yeah. In, the, in the immortal words of the poet laureates of our time, the Spice Girls, <laughs> if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. It's, it's and true. I think that is just, <laughs> I think that is sage advice that just rings across time because, and space, really. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and the reason is because friendship doesn't end. That's right. Um, <laughs> it never ends. Make it last forever. Well, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. You, mm -hmm. I, I totally understand that, like, you feel like you've made it clear that you're not going to go and you don't want to go, but sometimes you just you gotta go do these things. Yep. And even if you don't want to, you have to go to the event, you have to go to the party, you have to go to the dinner, and you might not want to go, and it might suck the entire time that you're there. Also, maybe sacrifice, they nice. yes. maybe they didn't not invite you maliciously. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't remember. To invite you, or, or if it, it was, was assumed that you were the plus one. If it was assumed, then yeah, and and she, it's not a surprise, right? So no. she, so yeah, so she, she, knew she told it. him about the party. It would. Why would they go out of their way to try and make contact when she, they're like, oh, you can just tell them? Exactly. I feel like if I was to throw a party, a it would be assumed that like Miles was involved. But if like if so you guys are throwing a party and you're like, well, yeah, Miles can come, I would then tell him that he was going to come. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Or like if I was having a thing, I would only necessarily like text one of you. Right. Like, hey, we're doing this thing, assuming that you would then tell Miles. Right. Like, hey, Barbara's doing this thing. 
Right. I assume we're invited yeah. together. I've been in a relationship where I was called out for making things about me, and that was something that really bothered me, and I took that hard and really thought on it and tried to take steps to improve that. And this is a situation where I think you might be low-key making it about yourself a little mm -hmm. bit because this is her day, mm -hmm. and it shouldn't matter. I know it's like, it, like they've been saying, it's a shitty situation socially for you, and you feel like you might not fit in with these guys, but you're taking a a molehill and turning it into more of a mountain now. Yeah. And you're you're upsetting a lot of people by this. So it's just one of those things where I mean, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for watching our show, but yeah. And <laughs> he, uh, having like compromise and like understanding and knowing kind of which battles to like which hills to die on. Yeah. Like there are some things in a relationship that are gonna be compromised and uncomfortable, like Ellie said. And, but also you know, what a more perfect opportunity for you to get in the same space with these friends that you're not mutual with and get to know mm -hmm. and perhaps become friends with? Because yeah. I would argue that you don't have to be friends with your partner's friends, mm -hmm. but really helps if you're friendly. Sympathetic. Yeah. Like, just at the very least, like, Oh yeah, you know I, I love so and so. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's great. Oh, we can oh, hang out. Oh, she's great. Right. Oh, we can hang out. We're not friends. Like. Are we gonna hang out one on one or like go do this thing Have or sleep like? Over? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, probably not. But you know, getting that FaceTime and just you know establishing some kind of rapport, some mm -hmm. kind of bond, even as small as it is, that's a good opportunity to do that. So that on, in 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 future uh, invites and stuff like that, it's not an issue. It's also a big difference here where. If this was a party for another friend that your girlfriend was going to and she wanted you to come with and you didn't want to go, that might be a different situation. Sure. This was a party for your girlfriend. Yeah. It was for her that they threw. The fact that you weren't there and you're her boyfriend and she wanted you to come, yeah. you should have been there. You should have been there. noticed. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That, that almost is it's not about the friends, but more awkward like that you you're not, not there. Yeah. Yeah, that's chilling. <laughs> that, is, that is, yeah, that's the, the word, yeah, yeah, sorry. It's, mm. Yeah, I mean, forget the friends. You, you should have gone to support her, and, like, she, if she was the important one on that day, yeah, you probably should have gone. You should have gone. Yeah, I, I, that's what I think all of us would recommend. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe have a conversation where you, I just have this picture that they're, like, that. watching together, and, and the person who wrote this is like, fuck <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> People write into the show, sometimes we gotta tell you you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, That's it true. happens. Um, and like, obviously we want the best for you and your girlfriend, and we want you to be happy, and people make mistakes, mm -hmm. and people are wrong sometimes. And that's okay. That is coming back from this. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's, <laughs> def there's definitely coming back from that. <laughs> Feel free to follow up with us too, if you'd like. Send an email to alwaysopen at rishit.com. Or if you're watching and have a question for us, you could do that as well. Even if this isn't your question and you want to follow up. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, any other thoughts? No. Godspeed. Best of luck. <laughs> say sorry. Say say sorry. Go go to the parties dedicated to your partner. <laughs> and also maybe make an effort to get to know her friends. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. I mean, I think like I've had. You know, we all have friends, especially when you're like work colleagues and friends. You have situations where. Some people's like plus ones or people's significant others like come to those and like don't feel a part of the group. Mm -hmm. Like I know mm -hmm. for sure, especially when you slip into work chat, especially. Yeah. And there's always this moment of like, oh, I'm so sorry because you don't work here and you don't know anything that's going on and like I feel like we've alienated you or whatever. Like yeah. we've definitely all been in those situations where like worlds collide. Worlds collide 
and and maybe this is a message to your partner's friends that like it is really important at those events to include these people that like are aren't a part of that group aren't a natural part of that group and to make sure that you're not alienating them from conversation and that it isn't just about the things that like you guys have in common as a tight-knit group like i know for like um you know when, when like when i hang out with yeah when i hang out with you guys here and then there's people that don't work here it is you have to you do have to make an intentional effort to be like okay yeah you're not and to be you aware, don't spend yeah. every day with us you don't spend five days a week in our company that's you know let's not make this all about the connection that we have mm -hmm. um and so i think that that's also that's always a difficult ground to navigate and it's not on it's not just on you to try and be like hi <laughs> i'm new and different in this group it's, it's, on, it's on everyone in that in that yeah. group to always try and include people in. and to look at this in kind of like a gross cold more strategic light um if you and your significant other ever get into a fight she's going to go to those friends and be like i'm having this problem with anonymous and then they're going to be like we don't know that guy, fuck that guy. So it's yeah. like it behooves you to get to know your friends. Great friend. use of behooves. I like <laughs> I don't think there's any uh, place to go but up. Just kidding, just down. <laughs> That's why we should end the show. Boof. Great advice. <laughs> uh, good luck, Anonymous. Let us know how it goes. And guys, thank you for joining me Thanks on this episode so of Always much. Open. What a pleasure. Um, cheers, and yes. we'll see you all on the post show. Sign up for first membership so you can watch it. Cheers. Of